Let's sing that. Let's sing that. Everyone in here, sing it. There's power in His blood. Lift it up. Call for it. The sprinkling of blood. power in the blood full payment with the blood the blood speaks of greater things the blood still speaks Hebrew says the blood that was shed in the earth still speaks Hebrew says that Hebrew says that blood cleansed all the way from the earth to the highest parts of God's sanctuary that's the blood of Jesus the blood of God that sprinkled on our lives the blood that protects us That's right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Power in the blood. Power in the blood. Your blood. The blood of God Himself. Power in the blood. Power in the blood. Power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood. 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 Power in the blood of Jesus. Power in the blood. Power in the blood. Power in the blood. There's power in your blood. 
Power in the blood. Power in the blood. Power and energy in your blood. Life in the blood of Jesus. Healing in the blood of Jesus. Healing in the blood of Jesus. There's healing in the blood. There's redemption in the blood. There's forgiveness in the blood. There's wholeness in the blood. There's healing in the blood. Healing in the blood. Healing in the blood of Jesus. There's healing in the blood. Healing in the blood. Healing in the blood of Jesus. There's healing in the blood. Healing in the blood. Healing in the blood of Jesus. There's wellness in the blood. Wellness in the blood. Wellness in the blood of Jesus. Wherever you need wellness in your body, just put your hand over that area. And we're all going to prophesy this together. There's healing in the blood for that area of your body. There's healing and wellness in the blood. Put your hand over that area that you need. The blood speaks of greater things than Abel's. The blood's still speaking. The blood's still speaking out of this earth. He shed it 2,000 years ago and over. And the blood's still speaking. His blood's still speaking. Many people say to me, well, what would Jesus say if he's here? He is here. He's in us. And he gave us his words. And he'd say there's healing in my blood. Let's all sing that together and proclaim that over our bodies. fall on you. Let that just fall on you. Let the sign of God fall on you with that word. The blood of God himself. Peter exalted the Lord, the precious blood. Will you say that to him, Lord, your blood is precious. Your blood is not in vain in my life. Your blood is precious. It's the precious blood of Jesus that makes us whole. The blood in redemption and forgiveness of sin by the blood of Jesus. What can wash away every sin? The blood. The blood. And out of his side, when it was pierced, came water for our regeneration. And blood out of his side for our redemption the blood of God your blood's paid in full paid in full for every iniquity every sin every sickness every disease by the blood of Jesus we're whole and well with your wounds we are the healed 
We're the redeemed of the Lord and we will say so. Let that fall over you. Let that wash over you. Some of you need to receive your forgiveness. Receive that. That blood washing away. That precious blood. The sprinkling of the blood applied right now. Nothing greater than that blood. it like this but now in Christ Jesus you who are formerly far off have been brought near close by the blood say by the blood of Christ our approach right now is by the blood of Jesus not on your yesterday not on your self-imposed law but by the blood you approach not on how good you felt you've done yesterday or today but on the blood by the blood we approach amen i want you to approach by the blood that's the only way we do we come boldly to the throne by the blood by the blood not by what we earn not by how good we did or how bad we failed but we come by the blood right now and there's faith in the house and i want you to couple up with two or three right now and pray and you boldly take your place by the blood of jesus we've been brought nigh and say god i'm approaching by the redemption of your blood for whatever that need is and pray for your neighbor one to and for another pray with all boldness and all authority he said come to the throne of grace come boldly to the throne of grace come boldly by and brought near by the blood we're acting and we're we're, we're applying the blood right now over your life we apply the blood of jesus we apply it we apply it we apply it right now we apply it right now, Lord. We apply it right now. The blood of God. We apply it. We're brought near by the blood of Jesus. We come boldly to the throne of grace by that blood and by faith in that name and in that blood. Yes, yes, yes. Brought nigh by the blood of Jesus.
by the blood, by his blood, by his blood, come on, by his blood, by his blood, yeah, yeah, go ahead, girls, awesome, by his blood, by his blood. got it. You got it. Keep seeing. Beautiful. By his blood. Draw near with it. Lay hold of it. Lay hold of it. You heard the prophecy that came through Anna. The faith it takes. Amen. He said, you may not figure it out. You may not understand it, but I'm taking it by faith. Will you say that I'm taking it by faith? There's faith in this house. The faith of God. Faith is the guarantee. Faith is a down payment. Faith is the evidence of the things not yet seen. Amen? There's faith in the house. We heard a prophecy. We heard it. We fight and do a warfare with it. Walls are coming down in this place today. Walls are coming down in this place today. Walls in your mind. Walls in your thinking. Strongholds in your head. Strongholds in your thinking. You're not going to figure this out. You're going to receive it by faith. You're, going to, you're not going to figure this out. Just take it by faith. The faith it takes. Take it by faith. The faith it takes. The faith it takes. The faith that takes. your hands to them and say, I'm taking these things by faith. I'm laying hold of them. And if you already have hold of them, keep laying hold on them. If you've got a hold on them and regrip your strength, say, God, you're the strength of my life. It's faith that pleases you. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. Because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The guarantee. The evidence of things not yet seen. Lord, I have it. Continue to lay hold of it. Say, I got the faith of God. Because of God, I have faith. Will you say that? Because of God, I have faith. I have the faith of God. Because of God, I have faith. There is no faith outside of God. There's belief. Human, mankind has beliefs based on opinions, not dominion. Based on ideas, 
But faith is a power and a substance that God alone provides for us. Will you put your hand over your heart? Say, Lord, I have the faith it takes. I have faith it takes because of you. You are the source, the author, the source of my faith. And it's not in myself, it's you. Wherever Jesus is around, faith is around. Wherever his word is proclaimed, faith is there. Wherever we're singing and worshiping, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, faith in his spirit is present. Lord, we thank you. Will you thank him right now? For wherever he is, faith is. Wherever Jesus is, faith is. Wherever the Lord is, faith is. Right now. We benefit from His Spirit. Don't shut your hearts down now. Don't you remember? Don't you remember what was prophesied? You're a spiritual people. Didn't you hear that sound out of that vessel playing that piano? It says we worship in spirit and truth. We're to exercise our hearts. Exercise it now. Exercise it now. We're a spiritual people. Listen, listen, listen. We're we're inspired, but we're informed. Remember? You're a spirit. We are spirit. We are spiritual people that worship you in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. You draw that out of us, Lord. We worship in spirit and in truth. God, we exercise the privilege of worshiping in spirit and in truth. We exercise the privilege of releasing our hearts to you. Of deep calling unto deep. Call on them, will you? It might be familiar, it might not be familiar, but it's how you created us in the new creation. It's how you formed us to be. We might not be accustomed, but it's how you made us to be. Created to worship, created to praise, created to give thanks, created to be a voice in the earth, to be vessels, to be a voice. There won't be an empty vessel in this house. There won't be an empty vessel in this place. For we're filled. Say, I'm filled. I'm being filled. I'm continually filled. I'm filled. Thank you, God. We respond to you. Father, we respond to you. We're filled with the Spirit, speaking to ourselves in spiritual songs and hymns. That's how we're filled. Say, I'm filled. Singing that song, that spiritual song, the blood of Jesus. I'm filled. sister and I, it's just the two of us, and uh, there were some conflicts, and it was a matter of faith. It was a matter of what, what I believed, and uh, so she um, allowed someone to come and asked her, because I come from a Catholic family, they said, can we do the rosary? And she said, sure, go ahead. And she told me later that they were going to have this rosary, and I said, why did you do that? She hadn't been in a Catholic church in years. So why did you 
and and this was her reasoning. She said, if you want to pray, pray. Just go ahead. It'll make them feel better. I said, but you, you know what they're praying? What they're praying is to get my mom in heaven. They're praying to get, they're interceding for someone who's already there. I said, why would you do that? Why would you pray something that has already happened? Man, the time to be praying for her spiritual life was when she was alive. Not at this point. And then when we were, we were doing this, it just, it just flooded my heart by the blood. It is by the blood of Jesus. And I am giving no credit to any man or woman or child that he, you got me to heaven. You didn't do it. Jesus' blood did it for me. He is my ticket. He is the one that died on the cross for me. You didn't. No one else did. And he had that life. He was the Lamb of God that was sacrificed for me. My sister, what does it hurt? It hurts when we take the glory from the one who deserves it. It is His glory. It is His honor. It is Him. And when we diminish that in any way, fashion, or form, I believe He's grieved. He is so grieved because it was a tremendous sacrifice for Him. And we acknowledge that. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge that here today by the blood, by the blood, by the blood. It is by the blood. And that faith in that blood, faith in that blood, activates the blood in any area that that, that you need. It is faith in that blood to bring healing. It is faith in that blood to bring salvation. It is faith in that blood that brings a renewing to your life. It wipes away everything in the past, everything in the past, and says you can start new today. You can start new today. Oh, take the blood. Plead the blood over your life and say I can do it today because I plead the blood in my life. He paid the price. He took the stripes. He did what he needed to do to correct all that was wrong. And I plead that blood. I plead the blood over the ignorance of people. It's not, it's not just, that's not a bad word. Because I want them to have a revelation of the blood of Jesus.
praise him? Will you praise him? Tell him he's wonderful. Tell him he's beautiful. Will you put your hands together and lift the roof off this place? Jesus is Lord. Lord, you're wonderful. We stand in awe of you. You're beautiful to us. Will you tell him I treasure you? You're my heart's desire. There's some beauty in this house today. There's some beauty of God in this house today. There's glory in God's house. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. There's glory on the songs. There's glory on the Word of God. There's glory in His presence. He's wonderful. He's beautiful. We're nourished by His presence. We feed off of the every word of God. quickened by your word Lord we're quickened by your spirit and we run after you quicken us according to your word we run after you today we run after you we're hungry for you we love you who you are the power in your name the power in your blood we're not left like orphans we have the name of Jesus we're not left or forsaken We've got the power of your spirit. praise him one more time. I don't know about you, but there's energy in the house. There's energy in the house. There's energy in the house. There's energy in, in hearts. Quicken us. He quickens us today. Quickened by the blood. Quickened by the word. I don't know about you, but there's energy. 
You can run through a troop, leap over a wall. There's energy in the house. That's the inner keel of God. That's the, the, the dunamis of God. The power of God. The power of God. Dunamis. Energy. Inner keel. Inside of you. Inside of me. Makes us able to run through things. Not get run over by things. To run through a troop and leap over a wall. Not get ran over, but to run over. Thank Him for His energy in here right now. Thank Him for His energy in you. That He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. He wrought energy. There's divine energy in us. Strength to strength. Strength to strength. Power, dunamis. Power and dunamis that strengthens our hearts. Strengthens our hearts. God, you're the strength of our lives. You're a very present help in time. Your mighty power is working in us. For we're your workmanship. Listen to Paul. He said, I'm making mention of you in, in my prayers, church. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit, say a spirit, of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that your eyes would be opened. They'd be enlightened, I pray, so that you might know the hope of His calling, the riches of His glory, and the inheritance towards us saints. And not only that, but you would know the surpassing greatness of His power. Say power. power. Where is that power? It's toward us. It's in us. The measure you believe is the measure you'll experience it. The power in us who believe. And these are accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule. Far above all authority. And far above all power. And dominion. And every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also on the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. And he gave him to be the head over all things. Head over all things. Will you say that? Head over all things. To the church, which is his body. To the fullness that fills all in all. Say, so you're the head over all things. If the Lord wasn't head over me, I don't know what I would do. If I wasn't under his authority, under his wisdom, I don't know what I would do. Carnal thoughts, empty thoughts avail nothing. Prayers of righteous men and women avail much. Make tremendous power available. If you haven't come on Saturday night, you need to get here. There's power made available. I'm okay with that availing power. And what to do with that, that's what I'm waiting on. I love that power that avails much. But what are we going to step into with it? Huh? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not shrinking back, don't you? Amen? Amen? You can be seated. Shake your neighbor really hard. Tell him, wake up. Wake up, mighty man. Wake up. Say, I'm energized. I'm energized. I'm energized. Amen. Amen. Makes you want to shout, huh? Makes you want to shout. Getting around, yeah, makes you go ahead and shout. Makes you want to shout. Makes you want to thank God. Whatever we're facing, he's more than that. Amen. That's not a doctrine. That's not theology. That's the God of reality right now. Amen? 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 Present help. That's Old Testament truth. 
We got a greater covenant, greater promise. It's Christ in us. Say, in me, the hope of glory. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. That's a divine reality. God, turn it loose, let it out. Get me out of my carnal mind that always argues. That's the hindrance of faith. Amen? I've been hearing what God's doing. I've been hearing what God's unfolding in these weeks. I've been hearing what he's prophesying. Put up Matthew chapter 4 for me, Cain. I don't know what verse. I think it's the fourth verse. Matthew 4. And uh, if you see it on that screen, go ahead and put the verse I'm looking for. Is that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you know where that's at, maybe you help Cain find that. It's Mark. Oh, thanks, Cain. Good. But he answered and said, it is written. Say, it is written. Say, but he answered. Who did he answer? Satan. Amen. That's our problem. That's our enemy. Not God. Say Satan. He's the opponent. He's the adversary. He's the hindrance to our prayers. He's the one standing in the way till God crushes his head again. Are you listening to me? But he answered and said, it is written. Say, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Say every word. Say, I live by every word. I war by every word. It was good news to me. Yeah, we, we had a tough week. Amen. But don't say amen to I don't want you to say amen to that. I don't want another tough week. <laughs> Just say, oh, oh me. I don't want another tough week. But I, I rejoiced and my wife rejoiced that when we came back and, and she sent out a text and told people that the people in this house were people of faith. Job 38 turned there for me. I was so thankful. So thankful. Household of faith. Say it's a household of faith. Yeah. What would you say? Faith is spoken here? Maybe he gave me Job 38, maybe verse 1. 38, verse 1. I'm going to give you the scripture because I, I was telling uh, Anna and I was telling uh, Jimmy the other day. He says, then, then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind. So that, he wasn't, that wasn't grace, the throne of grace that day. God had something to say to Job to correct some thinking, right? But that's a whole other day for a whole other story. The next verse, this is what I rejoiced over. Who is this, the Lord said to Job and all those guys, who is this that darkeneth counsel? Who are you that darkens counsel? Not a person in here that we sent texts and emails saying, hey, this is the report that we got, but this is, and not a one of them, all of them said, not a one of them darkened the counsel. Not a one of them twisted the scriptures. Not a one of us, not a one gave a religious rhetoric. Every single one agreed in faith. Every single one stood in faith. Everyone that wrote back. Some made us cry. Some made, stood with us. But that, they didn't darken counsel. I've been around places where they darken the counsel of the word of God. That don't make Jehovah happy. <laughs> are you hearing me? His word is true. Amen? He said, who are you that darken counsel? That you put a dim thing on it. You darken it. You twist it. By words without knowledge. Nobody did that. Say, nobody did that here. Go to 2 Peter 3.16. I rejoiced in that. Anna, we went home and rejoiced in that. I, I, people sending back things saying, hey, I'm standing with you guys. I'm standing with you guys. I loved everybody, everybody's aspects, many. Some people just write back say, ah, I'm standing with you. Like, arg. <laughs> like I see Charlie Brown whenever I see that thing. Arg. That means I'm not quitting. Are you listening? Listen to this. As also in all his epistles, he's talking about Paul, speaking in them of the things in which are some things are hard to be understood. Peter's saying, Paul wrote some deep things, some hard things sometimes to understand, right? 
which they that are unlearned, say the unlearned, and are unstable, say unstable, rest. That word rest means to be put on a torture rack as an innocent man. And not a person that wrote us back did that. They didn't twist the scriptures. They didn't put the wrestle around with them. They didn't lower God's standard. They just stood. Living by the every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Say every word. Say, I live by the Logos. I live by the Rhema. I live by the prophecies that come out of this house. They're words of life. Say the every word. I'm listening for the every word and every person that speaks that word. Amen? Say, I'm learning. Say, I'm an inspired man. I'm an inspired woman. But I'm not uninformed. Did you hear what Arthur said? He said ignorant. He went King James on me. He got a little more hard. You old ignorant thing. <laughs> See, I'm a nice guy. That's not really true at all. It's a, he said uninformed in my translation. It means the same thing. I would not have you ignorant, he said. He said that. I said I would not have you uninformed. <laughs> anyway, he wants us to learn. Say learn. And if you weren't here last week, we talked about things out of that prophecy. That's part of the every word. Amen. Do you hear it? Hey, listen, Anna texted uh, uh, Arthur and Sharon, and I, I believe what she, he said back was, hey, don't you remember that prophecy? Don't forget that prophecy. War a good warfare. He didn't say that. Something like that. War a good warfare with that prophecy. Uh, you're not going anywhere. You're going to live long. Well, I don't know. You said it anyway. That's what you do. You, that's right. Just stop all the chatting. <laughs> Slow it down. That's what you do. But don't you know that's the every word? We're charged. It says, I would that you do a good warfare. Say warfare. Say that means strategy. That means arduous. He said, do a good warfare with the prophecies that were prophesied over you. Don't you remember? Don't you remember last week? The word comes. Say the word comes. Faith comes. Satan comes. And endurance comes from us. Are you hearing me? Consider the endurance of Job. Do you remember that? Job's endurance, James said. Consider that endurance. Say, I'm enduring. But I'm in faith believing. I'm enduring. He endured Job. It says in James chapter 5, the 11th verse, consider Job that endured. And that word enduring, I don't remember which one it was, hupomene or macrophemia. But one of what Job was against the environment through Satan and the environment. Against that. The other one, he said, consider the prophets. They got a great witness. That was Enduring against people persecuting. Which one are you enduring? One of you guys can help me. Macrophemia, Hupomene, which one does it fit for a James 5.11? Because we're equipping. Say we're equipping. If you're not alive right now, I'm going to have an altar call. Huh? I'm, you've got to get alive. This is time to be alive in God. I'm quickened by God. I'm alive. I got energy. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm happy about it. I got energy. I got that dunamis in my heart right now. And I'm going to ride that out. I live in today. Say right now. Tomorrow has enough evil in itself. You got to know. If I thought about tomorrow, I wouldn't feel this energy today. Huh? Say faith is not for the faint in heart. Faith is not for the carnal in mind. Are you listening? See, I want you to get it. We're informed people. We're not ignorant people, Arthur said. We're not uninformed. We're getting inspired every Sunday. We're not just hopping around this church saying glory to God on Sunday. We're informed to live this thing 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, in the face of affliction. Huh? I remember a long time ago when I seen some men of God that I knew and respected were under in afflictions. And you know what I did? I got, I got close to support them, but I got close to hear them. Look at Ephesians 3, verse... Uh, thanks, Cain. Stay there. I, I, I don't make you do gymnastics. Go to Ephesians 3. And I remember that. And I remember that the other day in prayer. And I said, man, I learned so much being around those guys and their afflictions. Let's go through it. You, you get around people. Don't, they're not there to complain to you. That, that pressure's on them. Christ is revealing himself in another weight, an unfathomable depth. And I listened to those men of God. I got around them. I, I tried to hang around them as much as I could. And Paul said, for this reason, verse 1, Paul the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship, say stewardship. Say, I have stewardship. Say, I don't have ownership. I got stewardship over my faith. Are you hearing me? I have stewardship over my faith. I'm to use it. The stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by the revelation there was made known to me the mysteries. I wrote before in brief by referring to this. You can read and you can understand my insights into the mystery of Christ. That the other generations were not made known yet. Right? We'll skip. And he goes on. He, he lays it down. He, he keeps going on and on. But this is the one that I used and I, and I still use. The 13th verse, I believe it is. He, said, he says, he calls it unfathomable riches of Christ. He calls them mysteries of Christ. He calls it manifold wisdom, right? In the 13th verse, he goes, therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulation. On your behalf. Wow. You go, why is it on my behalf? Why is it for me, God? When I was around those men of God, therefore I asked, not lose heart. I'm not losing heart, God, but why? It's for your behalf and for, the, for your glory. In other words, this, he's saying, when these guys are in this situation, when they're under that affliction, it's for you. Paul said, don't, don't panic at my imprisonment. Don't panic at my affliction. Don't panic. It's for you. Because when, when this is happening and I'm in prison and I'm in this affliction, there's greater revelation coming out of this vessel. There's an unfathomable riches. There's a depth of Christ that's going to be revealed. So my tribulation, Paul is saying, my tribulation is for a greater revelation for you. I, I, I know I know as I got that. How many of you got that? If not, yeah, because that's the reality of God. Paul says in afflictions, that's what happens. And I hung around those people, and I listened, because I knew when the squeeze of Satan was trying to crush, and, and God's presence was present, and grace was there, there's going to be depth that comes out of them like never before. And I see Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's what we do. Say, that's what we do. I remembered that the other day. Say, that's free. That's for you. That's for your benefit. He said, my tribulation and, and, and this pr imprisoning is for your benefiting. My imprisoning is for your benefiting. Amen? Amen? Amen. Yes, that's God's way. Where did I have you, Cain? Oh, you went on that one. Where was I before that? James 5. Yeah, what does hupomene mean? Which one is it? Hupomene, let's see. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job. Say, I heard of the patience of Job. And I've seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very merciful and tender, or pitiful and mer pitiful and merciful and tender in mercies. Let's go up one verse, Cain. 
Take my brethren, the prophets, say the prophets, say Jeremiah, say Isaiah, say Elijah, say Elisha. He said, consider those prophets who have, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example. Say they're my example. James, he, you know, he's not my favorite guy. I don't even know sometimes how he got canonized, but all scripture is given by inspiration of God. But he always has an Old Testament slant on him, James. So he goes back to the prophets when he refers to them, and he goes that way, and he says, hey, listen, check them out for an example of suffering and affliction and of patience. What's that word in 10? Patience is, is that hupomene or macrophemia? How do you, how, and what does that mean? Okay, steadfast constancy and endurance. And that, in that context, when he was saying to the church, James was talking to that when people outside are saying things about you, when it comes through people that are attacking you, they attack the prophets. Amen? But then the next verse in Job, he said, verse 11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience that must be hupomene, right? Which means? Oh, what's macrofamilia mean, the first one? Pretty close. Okay. Patient endurance, okay. And, and the second one? Okay. Well, you have to go dig in it at another time. Which endure, for you have heard of the patience of Job. And there has sometimes these words, that I, I can't get them straight, but they have a consistency, a continuing, a keep going. Amen? And you have seen the end of the Lord, and there's an end of that. There's an end of our faith. Amen? All right. So, so say the word comes. Faith comes. Satan comes. Endurance happens. Say, I'm not quitting. I'm not turning back. I'm going forward. Say, I'm breaking through. Did you hear that? That's what I'm saying. The every word of God. We're back to that. Man does not live, but by the every word of God. And I want you to get this. I want you to get the, the every word. The word for the word of God in the beginning was the word is logos. Say logos. I typed it in my notes. I'm going to try to recall it so I don't have to go slow down and look at my notes. But one of the definition is the intent, the word, the intent of, and the purpose of that word. One of those definitions of the logos is the thought of God expressed. Say Jesus is the Logos. He's the thought of God the Father expressed. You read John 1 in your gospel. So the Logos is an intention of God's heart. Through Jesus, right? He's the Logos. And you got to get this, especially you, you next generation. The Logos 101 is based on the love of God. The intention of Jesus is always good and for our betterment. If you don't have a foundation of love, you're going to have a weak stand in faith. Galatians 5 says that faith works by love. Our love and God's love. Faith works by love. So the Logos is the thought of God expressed through Jesus. So when you read the Logos, you got to know it's this heartbeat all the time. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and power. Who went about doing good, say good, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Say, that's the Logos. If you get that foundation, and we're talking about faith. Anna, she prophesied a faith that takes, a faith that stands. She said something about today, faith in the house. 
We got to have that foundation of love. Are you hearing me? We can't twist the scriptures. We can't darken the counsel of God. We can't mar who Jesus is. He's the intent and the expression of the Father. Hebrews chapter 1, you read it. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They're of good. And I'm an expected end. That's the Logos. Every time you read that, people ask me, well, I don't know what to do. What would Jesus do? Throw off that bracelet. I'll tell you what he would do. He'll say what his word said. When I go home and hear what the doctors say, I don't say, Jesus, what would you say? He said through Isaiah, surely I bore your sicknesses and carry your diseases, and with your stripes you're healed. That's the every word through the prophet Isaiah. Through the psalmist, he said, don't forget the benefits. Bless him and forget not all his benefits. Through the psalmist, he said, who heals us of all our diseases. What would Jesus say? He would say that Old Testament. He's the same. Say the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. That's Logos 101. You don't have to be lost and confused. What is the will of God? If you're that man saying, I don't know the will of God, Jesus, but if, you, if you're willing, you've got to know and see that scriptures. That's what he says to me and you. If we're confused for a moment and say, are you willing? I, I, I don't know. I wish, I, wish, I wish you would do this. Are you willing? What would Jesus say? He's saying it right here in the Word. He's still here by the Logos. He said, yes, I yearn to heal you. I'm touching you. I'm designed to make you well. That's the Word of God. Are you listening to me? It's the Logos. It doesn't change. He exalts His Word above His name. It's a strong consolation to stand on. God alone produces faith. Man alone produces belief. They have opinions. You hear them a dime a dozen. I think, I feel, what I feel, and they're darkening his sayings every second. Don't be that one. Say, not that one. What he said is true. What he said he meant. Say, I'm standing. I got the logos. I got the intent and the design of God's heart, which is love towards me. Go through the gospels. Tell me a place where you see Jesus. All he's doing is healing the sick. Forgiving people that are broken of their sin. And telling them, continue in peace after this. Hey, lady, your life is broken. And, and, and the mentality that a lot of young kids have is that he's carrying stones and he wants to crush them. That's not the nature of Jesus. You were once under wrath. Once, say once. But now in Christ Jesus, you have peace in God through Christ we got to get back to the, to the Word of God, folks. you got to know my gift is to look at severity of God. That's how I'm wired. But behold the goodness and severity. John had severity. You vipers, you this, I'm bent that way. But there's the goodness of God. you got to have the right balance. Jesus ate with publicans and sinners. I did it right this time, not Republicans. The goodness of God, right? One-on-one. we got to get back to the Romans chapter 5. Yet... While we were sinners, God loved us. Say the yet love. I got to get back to the yet love. That's the word of God. I got to get back to the God so loved, the God so loved, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but the world might be saved through him. That's the gospel. Say the gospel. The gospel is heralding good news. 
It's the jubilee for you and I. It's the freedom and liberty which we live by. Jehovah's not angry at me. He took his wrath out on Jesus. And everything he does towards me is good. Even the correction is for my betterment. Even that correction for fruit bearing of righteousness. Say righteousness. Go to, go to Romans 5. I'm starting to spit. I'm, I'm Carmen, I can see Carmen looking at me. He said, oh, dude, he's spitting everywhere. He's like, sucker, sucker, Tash. Like that cat. Say Logos. See, listen, somewhere in 2 Timothy, Tom, the Bible man, will tell you. 2 Timothy, it says that we're to handle the Word of God. How we're to handle it. Do you remember that, Tom? Thank you. Talk loud, because I don't want to forget that. Remind me to get there. But it talks about how we're to handle the words of uh, righteousness. Yes. Right. No, no, it's a study to show yourself approved. Yeah. Where is that at? I'm going to go there. Let me, before, leave it there, Cain. Don't worry about following me and traveling. I'm going to go there. Because this is what we're talking about. Say, say handling. Say handling the every word. Say handling the every word. Handling the Logos properly. Handling the Rhema properly. Amen. Yeah, 2 Timothy 2.15. He said, be diligent. Oh, I, I, I typed this up. Let me get this for you. Say, be diligent. Say, we're talking about handling the word. Remember, it was a while back that we were saying, that the other generation was saying, I just don't know the word. And God's so gracious, he's teaching us how to handle the word. The living word of God. Say, the living word of God. Not the religious thoughts of men. Not the darkened counsel of men. Not the carnal men twisting the scriptures and marring the face of Jesus, but handling it, right? Okay, let me see if I got this down for you. I'll read it, 2 Timothy 3, or 2. What verse you tell me again? 15, be diligent to present yourself approved, say approved, to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Accurately, say accurately. Handling, say handling, the word of truth. Tell your neighbor on the left, I'm learning how to handle the word. Say, I'm a man of God's word. Say, I'm a, man, I'm a woman of his word. It's a sure word. And I handle life by that word. In the Greek, that word means to cut a straight path. He said, I want you to handle it. I want you to cut straight paths with that word. Not crooked. Say, not crooked. But straight. Say, the word of God. Amen. The logos of God. Let me see where I, where I put this down for you. Be diligent, it says, in the, in, it says, to make haste. Diligent is to make haste. Say, make haste. Say, I got this word right here. Everywhere. I got, there's so many people that have the word of God that, that on their shelf with dust on it, and they're coming for counseling for it. That's okay when you're brand new. But you've got to dust that thing off, because what would Jesus say is already said? He's not going to say anything different to his word. If you're one of those guys that are always tempting God and go, man, God, uh, if you can do anything, prove it. And Jesus, you know what he says in answers? He said, if you could believe, it's going to happen. He's got an answer in his word for every situation that we're facing. Are you hearing me? 
His word is him speaking to us right here, right now. That's reality, right? So you don't have to be confused anymore. To make haste, to be dil- give diligence, to present, to place aside, to stand by, to appear. A workman is not ashamed. To be diligent is another word. It means to use speed, to make effort, be prompt or earnest, to give diligence. Hold your Bible up. Say, I'm going to handle this word the way God ordained it to be. I'm going to use speed. I'm going to make effort. I'm going to do it earnestly. I'm going to give diligence. I'm going to endeavor to labor, to study his words. His words are his bond. Amen. I like that. Thank thank God. Amen. I'm trying to find that definition. Give diligence to present yourself approved to God. Workmen need it to not be ashamed. And I can't find where I put that down. It means to cut straight paths. That's one of the, here it is, handling. The word handling means to cut a straight path. Say cut a straight path. Not over here, not far over here, a straight path. Why? By the revelation of the Logos. Are you hearing me? The Logos, the intent, the thought of God expressed to us, his men. So one of those expressions is this right here. Therefore, say this, therefore, being justified by faith, say by faith. Say it all starts by faith. Say it all starts by faith. I want you to say that it's a gift of God. Ephesians says that by grace are we saved. Through faith, it's the gift of God, not of ourselves. Say it all starts by gift. Say it starts by gift. Grace is by a gift. Faith is by a gift. We're made the righteousness of God by a gift. But that, all those gifts are to grow and mature and go on. Are you hearing me? When you have the righteousness of God, you don't just stand in, in a positional truth and say, Jesus made me righteous. You grow in your righteousness as you turn the cheek when somebody's doing you wrong. You grow in righteousness. Are you hearing me? You grow into a righteous man and woman. You start as a baby with a gift of righteousness. You start as a baby with a small measure of faith. You start as a baby with a little bit of grace. But grace, Peter says, is to be multiplied. Faith is to be increased, Jesus said. And righteousness is to be more fruit and mature. All these things are for growth. Are you hearing me? Therefore, being justified. Say, I'm justified. Say, I'm I'm more than forgiven. You got to get that. See, I get too many young guys coming around uh, with this. They never forgiven. They don't receive their forgiveness. They think it's all in their natural selection. Well, I'm like this because my mom was like this. My dad was like that. We don't live by natural selection. We live by the new creation. And they barely, they got a feeble faith because they think they got to earn or they put a self-imposed laws. I got to do this. I got to do that because I did all this wrong. And that's not God. You're justified. You're forgiven. It's forgotten. As far as the east is from the west, so are your sins removed from you. And you're forgetting those things. I don't care what you did in your body before you met Jesus Christ. I don't care how many people you did wrong or wronged in your body. When you were baptized in water, that was the end of Pharaoh's reign in your life. Horse and rider cast into the sea. That's the power of water baptism. That when you got baptized, Pharaoh quit following you. 
Are you listening to me? That's the power of regeneration and the power of what baptism speaks, that those things aren't following me anymore. What I did to somebody in my body, what I did with somebody in my body, it's dead. It doesn't follow me. Nothing's by natural selection. Satan would have you believe that. But you're a new creation, amen? Those things are dead and buried. I will sing unto the Lord, for he is triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider cast into the sea. I don't know the rest of the song. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song has now become my victory. The Lord is God and my Father is God. And that was all free. That was back as I came out of Pentecost. I tried. I tried. Give me a break, guys. I I tried. Yeah, thank you, God. What was I saying before I got to singing? Yeah? Somebody remember. Thank you, Arthur. (laughs) Regeneration. You're more than forgiven. It's over. Are you hearing me? Nothing natural followed you through water's baptism. Nothing natural. The natural man is done. He's buried. Baptism meant terminated. It means you're dead, doorknob dead. You're not carrying around that old man anymore. You buried him in the water of baptism, and the Pharaoh's not following you. So there's no charge against you. And I have young men tell me, I got to do this for God. I got to do this for God. I don't care. Do it for God, but do it because you love him, not because you're trying to please him. Jesus said like this, those who keep my word love me. The reason that you keep his word because you love him, not because you're trying to earn something with him. And those young guys run around saying, I got to do this. I got to tell them that. I got to do this because I'm, I'm, I'm just a sinner. No, you're not. You're saved by grace. Thank God for that. You once were lost, but now you're found. Amen? So if I can get that guy out of that, that dead religion into that next level, he's going to flourish. They that are planted in the house of God will flourish. Those that handle the Logos properly are going to flourish. They that see God properly are going to flourish. Amen? Therefore, being justified, say I'm justified, by faith, we have peace, say peace, with God. One translation says we have peace in God, through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it starts with faith, say it starts with faith. Then I'm justified, right? Then, then I go to the next thing, I experience peace, say peace. Listen to me, folks. I remember I was around people in counseling, and some people are peace lovers, and not peacemakers. They just said, I just want peace for peace sake. Not for peace sake, if you're hearing me. For peace sake, I just want peace. And, they, and then they, I would be in the council, they go, they just don't want to deal with an issue. Or another person, I just want to feel comfortable. That's peace. Well, that's not the peace of God. Not for our comfort. Tell your neighbor. That peace isn't for me to be comfortable. That peace isn't me to be everybody's friend. The peace of God, that next element is to rule. It's a ruling peace. Everywhere Jesus mentions peace, he says it's that state of tranquility. Peace to the storm, be still. Peace is a ruling element from God. He said that the God of peace will crush Satan under your foot shortly. Romans 16. It's a crushing peace. Colossians chapter 3 said, let the peace of God rule in your heart as an umpire, settling with finality everything. Say peace rules. Say peace rules. Say, peace crushes. 
That's, that's the word. That's why you like it. It's the word of God. And when you're telling the word of God, people get quickened by God. I thought you raised your hand. I said, oh, glory. His sleeve was too long. I was happy for it. Oh, glory. He did. He raised his hand, but his sleeve was long. Peace. Say peace. Go, I'm going to go there for you. Actually, Cain, go back and forth. If you can go from there to Colossians chapter 3. And I think it's verse 15 in the Amplified. And all this thing, when Paul lays it out, oh, well, you're fast. And let the peace, let's read it. And let the peace, the soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule, say rule, act as an umpire, continually in your hearts, deciding, say deciding. Do you know how many people I know, and I used to struggle with this, the greatest of all, making a decision. So much indecision. I used to tell Anna, I hate being a twice soulish man. Twice say dual. I hate being dualistic. I want to be one with God. I want to see and make my decision and walk. It took me a little while. But thank God. It started with the word. Say it started with the word. And that word cultivated the witness of God in my life. He said we have the witness of God that testifies together with our spirits. And when you got the word developing the witness, you make a decision and you're not twice soulish. You're able to make a decision based on the witness of God. Based, which is a higher wisdom in God. And you're not over here one day and saying, well, I wonder if I should do this. And then the next day, no, don't do this. That's twice soulish. Did you hear what Anna prophesied? God, walls are falling down. God's strongholds are being broken. If that's a stronghold in you, it wasn't me. I was, I was twice soulish. I hated it. God made us to be one. And what happens is the word of God is we're putting it in our heart. Say, David said, I hide your word in my heart. Say word. I hide it that I don't sin against you. Your word also becomes a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And that word helps you cultivate that inner witness of God. Where you can make a decision based on God and not think about it tomorrow. Not think again. That's doubt. Not think again. Oh, I got to think. Oh, did I do it right? Again, no. I made the decision based on the word. Say the word. And his witness within me, it witnessed to me inside. I make most of my decisions, and I'm boasting in God. Most of them are pretty accurate because of the word and the witness. Because they're God's. Say it's worth it. And let the peace, soul, harmony, which comes from Christ, rule. Act as an umpire continually in your hearts. Deciding and settling. Say deciding. And settling. Say deciding. And settling. With finality, all questions that arise in your minds and that peaceful state to which, as members of Christ, one body, you were you also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Say always. Say always. Say in everything. Give thanks. For it's the will of God concerning us. He didn't say give thanks for everything that we're facing. He said in everything. Give thanks, for it's the will of God concerning us in Christ Jesus. Yeah, thank you. That's the word, Anna. <laughs> thank you. She said, you're right. I said, that's Logos. See, it's just, it's just simple wisdom and safety of the word. And, and you, you guys, you get that word in your heart. Remember, Mary treasured the word last week, Luke 2, 19. Remember, the other people wondered. A lot of people wondered. They go, oh, wow, I'm wondering about this word. Mary treasured, pondered, and kept it. And that's what we're doing in this house. I appreciate that about you. I appreciate that. Jeanette, she shoots Anna a text, Isaiah 53, in the, in the early evening. 
I appreciate that. That's strength. I'm not going to name everybody who does that. I already did a couple people, so don't get hurt, okay? I'm just taking the every word. Just give me a, <laughs> give me a word. Any kind, just give me a word that witnesses to me. Yeah, I've had other people give me a word about other stuff, and I, I tell them, I, I make my decision. I go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had some this time. I know they mean well. They, they mean well. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, I'm not going to go there. In another city, in another place, in another life, this once happened two days ago. They didn't give me the word, and they try, I know they meant well to help me, but they tried to give me something else. And uh, I said, no, and all it did, Anna said, all this does is make things more difficult. And I said, no, it won't, because we have the peace of God that rules, we decide based on God, and we have his word. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, because there's no, there's no magic remedy to heal cancer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's going to be the impossibility in God healing. That's what does it. I can't drink enough kangaroo juice that's going to make me or, or somebody cancer-free. All right? I believe in all that, but I got on another path, but I got to stay with God and faith toward God, right? So I, I appreciate people wanting to give me kangaroo juice, special juice that will dissolve everything and you'll never have a nightmare again. That's good intentions. But it's just not going to happen. All right? I've been around. I'm 52 years old. I've seen people live. I've seen people die. And I've seen them do all these different things. But it, it, bottom line is God. And I love what Anna said. She said, we live by faith. Two things we do with faith, she said at the table. And I was still pondering it because it was a Jesus moment. See, he comes out of people, right? I mean, he comes out of this little 90-pound twig. That's such a complimentary husband. <laughs> you, you, hey, beautiful. Hey, you twig. <laughs> I never had I never had great words like that. <laughs> she, she knows I mean well. <laughs> that isn't that so romantic. My little twig, my little twiggling. <laughs> yeah, out of my love, my little twiggling. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. I even forgot what I was. Yeah, she made the statement at the table, and it had that God pop. Say that God pop. See, that's called the witness. You know, it, it does something to you. His word is spirit and life. Say it's spirit and life. He says the word of God is quick. Say it's alive. Powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Thoughts and intents of the heart. And somebody speaks the word of God from the word Jesus, it does something to you. And I went home and I didn't know what it meant all the way. But it wasn't in a defeat attitude. It had the spirit of life on it. And she said, you do two, you know what you do? I think she was telling you. You do two things you do with your faith. You live by faith or you die in faith. But both of them are going to be in faith. You see law, because I'm still thinking about it. And if you know how to say it better, Anna, than you said it, you need to come up here and do it. Because I'm still thinking about it. Because the just shall live by faith. From the moment we're born again and receive Jesus, we're living by faith. We're living by every word that he said, every promise that he gave. And we're all about, it's not about any of us dying. It's about him, his glorifying. That's the reality. We got nothing to be afraid of. We know where we're going. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. But I'm about people sticking around on earth because I want God to be glorified and respected and honored as he really is. Yeah. Amen. So, so that's why we believe. Otherwise, we'd all roll on our back and say, see you later. That's, but we're standing there. We're, we're going to do what we do. We want to change some things in God. We want the generation before to do that. Huh? Listen, all you got to do with this word, you got Christ in you, 
it says David was a man after my very own heart, God said. What does that mean? You read it. You ponder it. But all you need is to have a heart for God, some stones, a sling, and just run at that thing. <laughs> huh? You got, that's all you got to have. You got to have a heart, have some stones, and a sling, and just go after that thing. Huh? Why not? Huh? Tell your neighbor, I got a sling. I got some stones. <laughs> I sure do. That's all, that's all that God required. David was a little guy. You could be a little person. All you got to do is have a heart after God's own heart. And you know what that means? It says David had a heart after God's own heart in Acts chapter 13. And he said, because he wanted to do all the will of God, that's a heart after God. And, show, and serve the next generation by the will of God. That's a heart of God. Amen? Say, I got that heart. That'll be another day, the heart of David. Right? Say, I got it. I got a sling. I got some stones. I've got that. Amen. Amen. Now, where was I at? I'm back to where I was at. I got the meddling. But you do need to have some courage. How's that? Amen? But I feel better. Everybody got happier with that. They're like. All right. What was I saying? Somebody help me back to where I was at before I got to meddling. Faith. <laughs> Norm goes, good, good job. Faith. <laughs> That's where we got back to. Oh, Anna, we were talking about that, that thing, the word of God quickening and making it alive and living by the every word. All right? And we're going to do that. Amen? We're going to handle his word. We're going to live by that every word. So that means every, all of us are going to handle that word, cut straight paths with it. Um, we're going to do that thing. When we talk to each other, we speak the word. We, we enjoy Jesus in that. We get the nourishment in that. And we get the furtherance in that. I know where I was at. Romans, go back to Romans chapter 5. Verse 1. Therefore, since oh, yeah, we're justified, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God, through faith let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Let's go to, let's go to King James for me a little bit. And then I'll go to verse 2. By whom also we have access. Say, I have access. Say, I got access by faith into his grace. So there's two things that begin, or three things that begin to unfold. It started with justification. Say, I'm justified. And I have faith. That's the next thing, right? Faith. And then he goes, I have access by faith into the next thing, which is grace. Say grace. Where we, wherein we stand. What do I stand in? When I'm in faith, what am I standing in? I'm standing in grace. I don't want to leave that place of grace ever. I want to stand in grace. Say in grace. See, Paul the Apostle, when he talked about grace in Galatians chapter 2, he said, the life I now live by Faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. In the next verse in 21, he goes, Therefore I dare not frustrate, grieve, or nullify the, those, uh, the grace of God. How? By not letting his life live. So when we're standing by that grace and we step out of it, what do you got to get back into? Just step back into grace. When you step outside into your carnal reasoning, just step right back into grace. Say, I stand by grace. I live by faith. I got access by faith and I stand by grace. We stand and the next thing added to us and we rejoice. Say we rejoice. We got joy in this thing. There's a joy because God's moving in his word and moving in us 
that we might stand in grace. We have joy. Do you see that next element, joy? And we have hope, another one. You count them. What is there, six of them? Faith, justification, faith, grace, joy, hope, four, of the glory of God. Next verse. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. (laughs) Say we glory in tribulations. I glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulations produces something. You're only going to get that part of that next, what is it, the sixth element in that chapter? You only get that one by tribulations happening. You only get a bearded faith by tribulations happening. You got a justified faith just like a gift. Just take it. Say it's a faith that takes. But this kind of faith, it works patience. You only get that kind of patience by having something push against you, something making you tired, something that you're enduring and you're trying to push through. That's how you grow muscle, right, Cole? Huh? Resistance. And that's what happens. Tribulations works patience. Say patience. Endurance. Verse 4. And patience and experience. And experience a hope. See, listen, there's two kinds of hope. We'll go on another day. I'm just getting, I mean, there's so much in this. You read your Bibles. But those elements are all from God, and it started simply with our justification. You read the number. I don't know if you guys, Jimmy's the math guy. If there's six of them. uh, Faith, grace, uh, joy, hope, peace. I don't know the other one. And experience hope. And there's hope when you start out. Hebrews chapter 11 says this, verse 1. Now faith is the substance. We started out with that. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Say hoped for. It says now faith is also the evidence, the guarantee of the things not seen yet. So Anna is prophesying, lay hold of what exists in heaven so it will exist in our bodies. Amen? That's what we're saying. It says it's already there. It's already paid. It's already paid for, right? We already went through that. What Isaiah said, what Jeremiah said, what they all said, what Jesus said. So we're laying hold of that. We're, we're having the faith it takes, right? So there's a hope that you start with. Like, really? It's true? There was a woman with an issue of blood. And, and, and she goes, and she heard of Jesus. Say, heard of Jesus. Don't you remember, faith only comes from him. And she heard of Jesus, what happened? Automatically, she had a hope. It says she went to all the doctors, grew worse, didn't get better. But she heard of Jesus, say she heard. So faith came. Wherever Jesus is at, faith is at. Wherever the word of God is at, faith is at. Wherever that's at, there's an opportunity at the least for something to happen. That's the least. Say, tell your neighbor, that's the least. When opportunity comes knocking, it comes through Jesus. An opportunity for the impossible to happen is only through him. When there's no human cures. Are you hearing me? I said when she heard of Jesus, hope came. Really? She got out of her thing and went to approach him that we have all things. Say all things that pertain to life and godliness. And she laid hold of what Anna said, laid hold of his garment. And everything that was in him, the all things, became her thing. And virtue came out of him into her, right? That's the, the faith that takes. That's the faith that's laying hold of. Are you listening to me? Whatever that need is, we have all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ. Not a single thing that he didn't provide for us. We're laying hold of it. If you have laid hold of it, don't let go of it. Tell your neighbor, I've laid hold of it. I'm not letting go of it. 
Let's go to Hebrews 11. I'm going to wrap it up. Wow, I'm over time. Didn't tell me that. It's my silly jokes. Now, let's all read it together. Stand up. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Give me the Amplified on that, Cain. The ampl- yeah, there you go. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Amen? And we'll stop right there. Let's give God thanks for it. Thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your words. Thank you for these, the mysteries of God unfolded to us, for us. Thank you that a whole lot of things came out today. Thank you, Lord, that you add and that we handle the Logos, that we cut straight past with the Word, that we honor your Logos, your intent, your purpose in the every word of God. We honor you in the rhema. We honor you in the prophesied Word. We honor the God of the Word. We honor the God of the Word. We honor your words. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. That peace that he spoke of earlier in Colossians, I just want to give you this definition. For for Christians, it says the definition, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. We uh, we cling to that at times like in the funeral last week. That's uh, that's where I stand and what I, what I, the reason you can stand and even have joy in a place like that. And so, fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot, of whatsoever sort that is, content. Uh, I've got to say that, uh, just as Arthur shared uh, in the beginning here, uh, some things that that he stood for, some things he uh, proclaimed to his sister, and he proclaimed them to us this morning, I learned from your suffering. I'm learning from the suffering uh, that you, you're talking about. You know, that's where you started also. Just was it Paul or, or Peter? James, I'm sorry. James was talking about that. What a, what a sorry assignment from God that other people are going to learn from my suffering. That's what it feels like at first. But I'm, t- it's Paul. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm learning. And I'm learning. If we just look at what goes on in other people's lives and they stand in faith, we can learn from that and build our own. And that's what I'm doing with you guys. I'll tell you, you know, he taught, he's been talking about the cycles of comings and the first word and then faith and then Satan. I've I got to tell you, last week, you know, I got fired up and I, had, I was full of faith praying for Anna last week. They go home two hours later, her, her foot swells up like a football. Satan came. Didn't diminish their faith. They let peace rule like an umpire. And uh, I'll just, I, I'm just telling you, I'm learning how to stand in faith, watching others do it. Okay. I encourage you to do the same thing. Don't ignore the sufferings going on around you, but learn from them. You know, it's, it's easy to, easier to say, oh, I'm just going to pray for them, and I know things are going to be good. Well, let's look at the, how they are. And learn from it. How do you stand in the middle of that? In the midst of that? How do you stand and, and, and love God and proclaim his goodness in the midst of that? 
in the middle of the fire, you cling to that fourth man. 